It's good to see you. I, uh, I have to tell you, uh, my back is not better, and so I might be doing some BG moves up here, all right? So if you just see me do one of these right here, that's just a cue for you to pray, all right? My wife said I can't pray sleeping, although I'd like to at some points. Uh, I want to remind you, we're kind of doing something neat here, October uh, 6th coming up, and it's our vision night, and it comes out of this equation right here, connect, serve, uh, give, oh, nothing, wait, wait, wait. Just gonna pause. Visualization. Whoa, there it is. Uh, connect, serve, give uh, equals membership. And for some of you, you you got to see this equation a couple times. And I know for a lot of us, um, we find ourselves in this equation, and we've been a part of Kingsway, and we're like, okay, so I've done this, or I'm taking steps towards this, and I, and I want this to be something that um, I can really feel like I'm a part of. And so we're we're putting together this thing called Vision Night. And uh, Vision Night is just something that if you're a part of taking those steps and starting that process, uh, or if you've been doing it for years, uh, we want you to come uh, October 6th uh, and just be a part of that. It's a way that we're going to get a chance to share our hearts of where God is leading us, a focus of kind of for the next five years. You'll get to hear pieces of that. You'll hear direction. Uh, you'll hear a little bit about how our staff has kind of uh, come back together, obviously with some of the changes that have happened over the last year. You'll hear a little bit about our hopes and dreams. Uh, even for uh, how we've become unchained and debt-free as a church in the last few years of what we're hoping that future ministry could look like. And, of course, I think a part of that, I hope your questions will be answered. I hope you'll have a little bit more clarity. And the hope is that when we leave that meeting together, we'll do a little worship, we'll pray, that we'll be united as a church and that we'll feel like, hey, we know the direction. And it'll give you even more reasons to feel like you can buy in and connect with Kingsway. So mark that on your calendar, October 6th at 6.30. Sound good? Cool. Let's jump into John. We're in, we're in Signs and Wonders, John chapter 5. And uh, here's what's so fun about this, this series. Uh, it, it has definitely been challenging for me, but it's also been one of the most, it's also been one of the most invigorating and energizing for me. I, I, I get through my study and I spend some time, and then by the time I get to come to you guys, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to say way too much. Because uh, I have all these things that I want to share. The, the book of John is so incredibly deep and fun. And I know I keep saying you that each week, but I mean it. I really, really, really mean it. The turning of the page. This is the turning of the page in some ways because John is going to uh, step into four different pictures uh, in four different places that he's going to attack. And there are four different, basically, festivals that the Jewish people at the time held in high regard, the Pharisees. And so today, uh, Jesus is actually going to interact with this idea of the Sabbath. Okay, so the Sabbath. And so for most of you, you're like, I can take a Sabbath. All right? And this is a great one to have uh, on the back of our burner. And so today, I want you to be thinking about what it would look like uh, to recognize the Sabbath. Now, a Sabbath comes from Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Uh, it's, it's a thing that God put in place in the creation story. Six days of creation have happened. Everything's been created. And then the seventh day, God says, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to look over all that's been created. I'm going to rest. And that day is to be set apart. That's what holy means. It's, it's, it's supposed to be set apart. And, and it's such a neat thing to think about something being set apart. Because I know in my life, I like to do 12 things at once. Anybody else like to do 12 things at once? That's what I like to do. Uh, I, I, will, I will literally drive, listen to a book, and have a conversation with my kids, give them whatever they need all at the same time. And I'm like, this is not a good use. I should be setting this driving time apart. 
Does that make sense? Uh, how many of you guys, uh, you can't just do one thing. You watch some TV and you're also watching YouTube. You're, you're on TV, but you're also on Facebook, <laughs> right? Or, or how, about, how about this? You're in conversation, but you're in a text conversation at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, 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 hold on. That's a good idea. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. See, set apart. We, we're not very good at this, and I'm just trying to point this out because we like the idea of a Sabbath, but then isolating and putting something, setting it apart and making it its own thing is very, very sometimes difficult. So I need to set the tone for you that the culture back then was no different. <laughs> there was a thousand things to do. There was all kinds of stuff that they needed to get done. And so the leaders of the, the basically the <laughs> Jewish church came up with this concept to draw a line from keeping you to getting to the place where you would cause distraction on the Sabbath. And so they put all these rules in place to keep you from the So this, this is the idea of this. They created things to keep you from getting to the thing you weren't supposed to go to. So this is an illustration that I hope sings home. I know it sounds childish at first, but stick with me. If there was a piece of poop, all right, and you knew that poop stank and it wasn't what you were supposed to do, it was unholy, all right, you wouldn't want to go within this close of it. Does that make sense? Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to go like this. So the rulers at the time made rules to keep you from that. This is so that you can understand. So they made these other lists. They're like, hey, you can't do this and this and this. So that in their mind, they would keep you from interacting, concluding, or set, not setting it apart. Now, they did this with all kinds of stuff, but they do it with the Sabbath as well. And I'll tell you, it sounds smart. It sounds wise. But in the end... It's going to be the undoing of the section that we're talking about today. And I think you're going to find yourself, like me, wondering if there's other places that I've called out of bounds and then set some rules and things in place far further back than Jesus did. Because John chapter 5 is really a sad story. It's actually a downer. It's a tragedy, is really what it is. Now, we've had so many cool moments in the last few chapters. I mean, we've had Nicodemus, for the first time, maybe experience what real salvation could be. And John 3.16 comes right in the middle of his story of discovering what Jesus is going to offer this new kingdom in life. And then right after that, we have... John chapter 4, with this woman at the well who's so isolated, so forgotten, in a forgotten country for, with a forgotten promise in front of her in a well. And she receives living water, and it immediately flows to everyone around her. And then last week, we have this man that shows up and humbles himself completely before Jesus. Literally says, I would give anything to save my son, which ultimately sounds a lot like the heart of God in us saving us. We give him very, his very self to save you. And the healing takes place, and it flows not just into the boy that is healed, but into the entire family that receives new life. And the abundance of God is shown. And then we get chapter 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. See? 
He's talking about the festivals. He's going to talk about the Sabbath today. Now there is a Jerusalem near the she- now there is in Jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool, which is Aramaic called Bathsheba. Beth- Bethsheba. 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 Oh, gosh, I cannot say it. I'm going to try. Uh, surrounded by five covered colonnades. So I just want you to picture, picture this pool. It is straight up like you would picture at a hotel. All right? It's a pool in the center, and then there's these awesome shaded areas all the way around it. All right? That's what you need to picture. And it's just this beautiful crystal thing. It's, it's amazing. It's a setup. It's supposed to be. And there's a great number of disabled people who used to lie and the blind and the lame, and they were paralyzed. Now, verse 4 is not in here. Anybody notice that? We just skipped to 3 to 5. If you have a study Bible, you could quickly look at that, and you would notice, oh, there is an added-in addendum in there that was not in some of the originals, and it basically explains why they laid there. There was a fable, a rumor, that if the water rippled, the first person that got into the water would be cured. So these people were lying around hoping for healing. But if you notice, they're paralyzed. It's the slowest race you've probably ever seen in your life. It's not necessarily. So just recognize this is a desperate situation when you read verse 5. One of those that were there had been invalid for 38 years. Now, he probably, if he's 38 years old, or if he got hurt 38 years ago, we don't know. Does that make sense? But the, cure, the thing is here, we know this. He's been hurt for a long time. That's the key. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned, that's a neat paraphrase of Jesus' humanity, that's neat. You could talk all about, can Jesus learn? It's kind of a cool idea. Another discussion on that, but that's a neat concept. That he had been conditioned for a long time. That he had been this conditioned. He asked him. This is such a cool question. Imagine yourself being asked this question. My back's hurting right now. I'm asking this question. Do you want to get well? I just... <laughs> Doesn't that sound a little sarcastic? I mean, can I just be real? Jesus is showing up. It sounds like it's a private conversation. This guy's been here for a really long time. He's learned about it. And he walks up to the guy and he asks the very question that he'd be like, duh. Like, why? I'm sitting here by the pool. What do you think I want? (laughs) A Slurpee? I don't understand. What? It's the first clue, you guys, that that's not a surface question. It's the first clue. If it's a surface question, it's dumb. But if it's deeper, it's different. Does that make sense? Walking with me? Go back one verse. We missed it still. He said, sir, the invalid right, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred, see, while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. I have no one to help me. You see the irony in these two statements back to back. Who is Jesus? Who has he come to help? And this man is saying, I have no one to help me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat 
and walk. Now, I wonder how long it took for that guy to try. You know what I'm saying? Because if I'm a, I've been hurt for 38 years, I just want to look at him and go, dude, that doesn't work. Because <laughs> I don't know if you're like me. When I'm in pain, I just try to talk myself out of it. I'm not sick. <coughs> I'm not sick. You hear me? <coughs> I'm not you know, you like declare it, and it just doesn't work. You wonder how many years he was hoping that he could just wake up and it would all be a bad dream. It would just snap away. The deterioration of muscles and tendons and ligaments, the lack of flexibility here, you guys, this is so much larger. The, the growth that would immediately have to happen in whatever area of his back or legs or spine or brain that had not developed in this moment. Overwhelming in what would have to take place in a moment for someone to be able to walk like this. The little pathways in your brain have been broken down to a place that your brain no longer has to communicate to your legs, let alone the muscles or the tendons or the strength or the coordination to be able to do it. People that get in accidents and break their back and then have to relearn how to walk, even when they have the ability to. The power of this is astounding. And I told you last week, I want you to sit with these things because sometimes we just read over it and we're like, oh, cool. He just, Mary Poppins, the guy, and he's just up. I mean, I just can't, I, I want to see the guy's face when he's like, okay. And maybe, he, did he jump? Did he like unexpected strength? I can't do it right now. But I mean, did he jump? And then like be like, holy cow. Like, is he looking at his legs like they're not his? Like he's like, what? What are these? And then the detail. Pick up your mat. I mean, this is take your cup to the sink language here, people. You know what I'm saying? Crazy miracle. What the heck? 38 years. Don't forget your mat. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't run around yet. Pick up your mat. Now, I... Think about this, the imagery of this. This is a man that can't move very much, has no one to help him. What do you think that mat smells like? What do you think that mat reminds him of? In a moment, he's given healing, and he's, but then he's holding his previous condition. It's probably right here. Or right here. Don't miss that. Now, the day that took place was the Sabbath. Ooh, it's going to be important. And the Jewish leaders said to the man, who, who had, oh gosh, the man, who had been healed? Is the Sabbath the law that forbids you to what? Carry your mat. How many of you guys don't have to be a biblical scholar to just see that that is crazy? But he said, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is the fellow who told you to pick up it and walk? And the man who was healed had no idea who he was. Can you imagine this? That's how private this conversation was. He's like, hey, yo, you want to be better? He's like, I mean, duh. And he's like, all right, we'll get up and walk. And he's like, okay, uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what just happened? 
For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd and that, that, that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. One of the harshest things Jesus has said to anyone yet in John. Very harsh, very direct. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. And at that point, the man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. His motivation was not to tell Jesus, tell them about who Jesus was. His motivation was to get out of trouble. I just want you to know that. It's clear from what the description is here. I want to remind you why the Sabbath is such a big deal in the story. See, the Sabbath is a, a, a place that they have set up and set apart, and so they're trying to avoid the stinky thing at the end of the driveway, so they put these marks. And so one of them is that you cannot carry anything over a certain weight, and that mat that he's carrying is over the weight. So the, dab, the, da, the Sabbath is the day that's set apart is holy. God is the only one who is holy, and it's God's day. Yet, this guy is picking up a mat, and he's been healed, and they're angry about it. This is the statement I want you to have in your mind. They saw the mat and missed the miracle. They missed the miracle. There's no response in this story to him being healed at all. None. What is that? They're like, yeah, we see you could walk. That's crazy. Why are you carrying your mat? You see that? That's like even a little bit less hard. Like, oh, you're like, oh, I get it. Like, they're excited. But like, dude, drop the mat. None of that. It's the mat. Why are you carrying your mat? Who told you to pick up the mat? Where is he? Let me find him so I can tell him to stop telling you to pick up the mat. Your heart just break a little inside when you hear that. 38 years, you guys. 38 years. And they're angry about a mat. Paul does such a great job of capturing what's happened here in this man that he doesn't see and that the Pharisees don't see. 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, verse 17 through 19 says this, Therefore, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. A new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All of this from God, who has reconciled himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So that the world would reconcile to the world, so that God was reconciled to the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Do you see the miracle? Because you know what else missed the miracle? The man who got healed. Do you know what he saw? He saw the mat too and missed the miracle. Because you know all he was thinking about? His previous pain, his previous condition, his previous struggles, and he missed the very person who offered it to him. He chose a one cash payout 
over a relationship. He told a one-time healing over the miracle of eternal life. You feel that? How sad that is? That this man would walk away? Maybe he would be able to walk for the rest of his life, but he would find himself just as empty, just able to walk now. so sad. So how do we avoid this, you guys? How do we avoid missing miracles? How do we avoid missing what God is really up to? How do we avoid some of these struggles? Because John is going to go into an extended conversation where Jesus is just going to lay out basically over the course of the rest of the chapter. It's like a huge section of red letters if you look in your Bible, and it's just Jesus laying out why he just did what he did. And John records it so that you and I can have insight. And so what I did is I took three insights from what Jesus said, and I just pulled it out so that we wouldn't miss what the miracle was. This is the real miracle that happened. This is what was being revealed that they missed, that these Pharisees and this man missed. And how we would miss it too is if we had a poor perspective. If we had a poor perspective on what we were seeing. Just a few verses after this story in 24 and 25, Jesus says this to the crowd. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him sent me and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but will cross over from death to life. This is not a struggle for someone to be able to walk. This is a call from death to life. This is something he's going, no, don't, don't believe in just that I can heal your legs. Believe so much more, but all you wanted was your legs. It's poor perspective. You, you missed it. You thought God only wanted to do this much in your life, and that's all you've asked for. You thought God only wanted to get into this part of your life because that's the part that you saw the pain in, but really he knows the heart and the brokenness, and the deeper perspective. He knows what's really at stake. And when we have a poor perspective, we miss it. We miss it. The second is when we harden our hearts. Man, this is the thought that I've had since I read this this week. If, if someone came in here, 38 years old, never heard that Jesus loves them, that God loved them so much that he gave his one and only son, that they could have life, that they could be reconciled to God, that they would be given living water, and they'd never heard that, and they found it, and we prayed, and we found, they found what they were looking for, and it had nothing to do with physical healing, but they drug mud Everywhere they walked. It's just mud caked all over their shoes. Would we have counted this building as not something worth the cost? Would we have counted a little cleaning, a little discomfort, a little smell, as something that we would be able to have the right perspective and a soft enough heart to see the miracle? I want to be a church that does. So bad. 
And I know you do too. Jesus says this in uh, 41 and 42 of chapter 5. He says, I do not accept glory from human beings. You Pharisees do not impress me. But I know you. I know that not, you do not have the love of God in your hearts. And when he says this, he's really pointing out to them Deuteronomy chapter 6, which is where, and set God part in the Sabbath is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. That is Deuteronomy chapter 6. And so he's just saying, you missed the point. You held Sabbath, all this holy, and you don't even know me and you don't love me. Your heart is hard. It's so far. And you're missing it. You're missing it. And the last one is this. We will miss the miracle if we, if we keep believing or if we have false salvation. And I don't mean this as Jesus, you, you need to ask him again or anything like that. I mean that you hold something else as the thing that's saving you right now. Whether it's your bank account, whether it's your marriage, whether it's a friendship, whether it's your social status, whether it's just feeling good about yourself and feeling like life is good, whatever you have put your salvation in, you'll miss it because both these people in these stories had put their faith in a pool and in former laws and prophets. Neither of them needed Jesus. In fact, the man that was healed couldn't even remember what he looked like nor who he was. Uh, it's, it's the famous thought, if, if I literally sat you down and I said, hey, if you went to heaven today, what would you tell God as the reason that you're okay to be there? And, and most people, if I'm honest, when I ask them that question, they go into a whole list of good things that they've done and the bad things they've cut out of their life. It, it's crazy. They're like, oh, well, I'm a good person and I've, I've given some money to poor people and I've, and I've, you know, I've tried to help and, I, and I've tried to be a good husband or wife and I, I've been a good friend and you know, I've worked hard, I've been honest, I've got integrity. And all those things are great. That's awesome. And then they cut out all, they're like, and I stopped this and I, and I didn't do that. I never cheated on anyone. I tried not to lie. You know, uh, I, I stopped looking at porn. Uh, I didn't, I, I stopped smoking. You know, I, I didn't listen to sudden music. And all of a sudden, like you get this long list and at the end of it, I, I, I just want to go, that is, that's going to end poorly, <laughs> that conversation. Because there's only one way you get in. It, it's one way, you guys, and it, and it has nothing to do with whether you've been here your whole life or you just found it. it it's Jesus. It, it, that's it. There's no, no, there's no list of credentials that you've changed or achieved that will do anything different than the name of Jesus. But yet somehow these men that knew the Bible to that point had missed the point. Look what Jesus says to them at the end of chapter 5. This is so telling. But do you not think that I would accuse you before the Father? Your accuser is Moses. What about hopes are set? If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. He's going, you are standing on the laws of Moses and missing who Moses is pointing to. You're missing the Savior. You're missing me. And I wonder how many of us in the back of our minds are building up our credentials or building up our list of changes 
as a book or as a play, as a, as a hope to be able to present when truly Jesus is going, guys, you missed the miracle. You, you, you missed the miracle. It's done. It, it's, it's over. It, it's, it's taken care of. It, it's not dependent on you. It's dependent on me. Believe that that's true. Accept it what it is. It's a gift of salvation. You guys, if we, if we could somehow ask God for a clear perspective, see past the mud, to see past the discomfort, and then believe that Jesus is enough for the people around us and the people like us. Maybe that's when the miracle is really seen. Maybe when that's, that's when the miracle really becomes a sign and a wonder. I love how Paul ends the section that we quoted earlier about this transformation that's happening in this man because it has an outward expression. See, this man has been changed from a new creation. Old is gone and a new is here. And this is how he finishes this thought. If all of us are under that banner that have received the opportunity for the same miracle to take place, that we would go from death to life, that, that Jesus would come down and look at us and say, yes, I choose you, I will die, I will come back, and I will provide living water for you. And you shall be made clean, new, completely. And this is our job. He has committed to us, the message of reconciliation. You and I are Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal. The verdict is not done. I say, no, change it. No, there is one who could change your story. There is one who could make all the difference. There is one who does miracles that changes lives far greater than bodies changes hope brings salvation turns darkness into light and we implore on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God come home muddy dirty smelly whatever it may be broken, broke, come home, be made whole, be made new, believe in Jesus. So this week, I want you to start to recognize your mats and how you're missing some miracles. Look over the things that may remind you of your past and look towards the salvation and new hope that you've been offered. Look away from the circumstances that may or may not be reminding you or reminding you that they haven't changed. And look for a savior, not a pool. Put away your heritage. Put away the things that you think are the poor perspectives that you've been given. And find a new one.
Find a real one that a heart that is soft for the love of God. And extend the name of Jesus. Not your own thoughts. Not your own fences. Not your own gateways or or things that need to be changed, but present the name and the person of Jesus. And watch the miracles show up. Isn't John good? Man, this book is good. Please keep reading it. This stuff will flow out of you. You will watch God use it. It will store up in you. Light will come alive. You will watch it change your marriages, your friendships, your work status. It will, wa- it will change your inner thought life. It will move in you. Signs and wonders, guys. Though this is a tragedy, we are not destined to repeat it. May we be a church that sees past the mat and looks for the miracle. Pray with me.